Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Ray. I'm Alice Reed. Welcome back to another episode of Mostly And welcome back to another episode of Mostly Lit. It's your girl, Ray, for a fee. And your boy, Alex Reed. Hey. And we've got an amazing I, guest I, I, in the I, studio I, with I, us today. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you want to introduce yourself? Be I'm Dre, I'm an activist, and honored to be here. Yeah. Hello. And amazing. And you have a podcast. Pod Save the People. Pod Save the People. That's it. I went to Pod Save America first, and I was like, I just, I just don't hear Dre. <laughs> I just don't hear him. <laughs> So I was like, We're okay. all the same family. All yeah, the same yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcasters. How you been? How good? I'm like a little jet lagged. Yeah. I like, you know, I was saying before is that when I came to London before, I was like, ah, it's always rainy and dreary. Mm. And when did you time, come? I don't know. It was rainy and dreary yeah, every time. But like, this time I'm like. It's nice. I'm a woman. I'm a big fan. I do. I'm. I'm sure that um, the people I meet are tired of me asking about Princess Diana, but she was like the only British person I knew as a kid. <laughs> so like everybody, I'm like, do you remember where you were when Princess Diana died? Oh my God. I'm like that, like staring at school. Or I'm like, do you remember the announcements? Or like. No, it's so weird that Americans latch onto maybe just one thing that, that reminds them. Like, so when we had Tommy Ariemi two weeks ago, she was like, "Who's great?" By I the way. come yeah, yeah, here, fantastic. and the first thing I'm like, "Harry Potter." Yeah, she's like, Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> so like that is her big thing. That is cool. Princess Diana is mine. I'm literally like, I want to know what the streets look like. I want to know like, remember, did they oh, interrupt school for you? Yeah. Like, I remember driving through the city actually, like to go to the memorial, like you know when everybody's laying flowers I, down. You know, I'm an immigrant, so I really I don't oh, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, were, they were laying <laughs> flowers down. On when the mall, ninety blasphemous. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm so blasphemous. Wait, ninety two, ninety three. When I was born, no. Oh shit. Okay. You're definitely alive. <laughs> You're definitely alive when she was. Oh died. shit. Anyway, I don't know. She was the people's princess. She I was mean, the kidding. That is like what we saw on TV. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> there we go. Who knows? I really was, but I'm like fascinated by her. 
Yeah, she's fantastic. She was fantastic. And Megan will be the new princess. She's channeling. She's okay. channeling Diana's energy. Who, Megan? Right yeah, Megan's she's very like, much like... media, I'm not going to respond to any of your bullshit. I, I, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm not, not doing I'm it. I'm not playing your little games. Yeah, you're not going to see my baby. <laughs> she's literally like, she's not going to show us. So no. normally when like the kids, like the royal babies are born or whatever, they, you know, they give birth and then they have a cameo, photo like, cameo outside. Kate came out after pre- after yeah, giving birth and was standing there. So was they like, always like, they always feel like my Every like, child. She already said no. She's like, no. She's like, we're going to spend some private time with the family and then when we decide we will drop pictures gonna have like, you're not gonna see me looking all gonna have, yeah, haggard and, <laughs> and shit um, and i'm have, like you go girl she's like she's gonna have american midwives she's gonna give, give the child an african name uh, I, I don't, these people are not I, ready listen, yes listen, I don't get, Megan. there is no way this baby's getting uh, an african name you I know, Megan said, Megan but... said, I'm Tom. It's Tom. <laughs> Megan said, y'all done colonized the whole world. <laughs> the least I'm going to do is name the baby something. Go ahead. Did you watch the wedding? Did you watch the wedding? Did I watch it? Oh, I'll snip I, think, it. I mean, yeah. we couldn't avoid it. It was like everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So a little bit. I didn't watch, again, because Princess Diana was my bar. Yeah. I didn't, like, I feel like I already saw it. I feel like yeah. I saw everything because yeah. I saw the Princess Diana stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, it was it was black. Mm-hmm. They had a black pasta there. The oh, black. no, we did. Oh, we watched the concert. My God. No, he was that was like the concert. We call that the concert. Oh, that the wasn't concert. the wedding. Oh. But yes, I saw all the singing and stuff. Yeah, that people, yeah. it was extra I black. Was the black so pastor. Yeah. It was a pastor from America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was literally like, wow. And he was changing He was rattling the spirits of all these white people. We watched it on Twitter. Like, Twitter sort of lied. Yeah, 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 yeah. We saw that, yeah. So let's get into my lit. Um, what are you reading, people? What's going on? What, what are you guys I'm reading? reading? Um, I'm reading, still reading, um, a Woman in Your Own Right. This, this, this is the book that you've been reading for the past four weeks. First of all, every no, week, part of, everybody, part are you tired? Of, no, we're not tired. No, okay, and I learned a new lesson that I think you guys should learn about. So, oh, okay, go for it. Part of this book is just about. Is it very long? Is that why you're reading no, it? No, it's just it's a nonfiction. I'm not really a nonfiction kind of gal. Okay. I kind of like to be lost in stories, but. I really want to get through it because my therapist recommended it to me. And, um, yes. and it is, I think it's really powerful. Sorry, so, sorry can I just say something? What? It makes me laugh when you were tweeting about your therapist. Anna? Was it Anna? Like, like, hey, Anna. Hey, Anna <laughs> Thank <bitch>. you, Anna. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't like the last one? No. No, the last one was so lovely. I'm like, I changed Anna? her. I was talking about why it's important maybe to change your therapist if you've been through a big event, but then maybe they're still treating you in a way that, brings you back to that Mm. so i went to my first therapist and i was very like vulnerable Mm. but now i'm a bit more stronger i step into the room and she's like how are you right and i'm like bitch i'm not sad no more (laughs) like let's talk about now stuff you know but she was good she got you through the vulnerability yeah she got me through so i love her so i you know i gave her a shout out (laughs) (laughs) i was like thank you so much girl you you know, you taught me you know, a lot. Memes and but all. But yeah, me, and my, me and my Antonia now, we're strong. Okay. <laughs> Antonia is so chatty. I come in and she's all smiley. But sometimes I want to cry and she's like, you're in this. I'm like, I, really, can I cry? You said I'm not sad no more, girl. That's good. I'm like, I'm, I'm good now. But, um, so this book that you're reading. This Hilarious. book, yeah. There is a part of it, which I really think is important. Um, and it's about, one, acknowledging your feelings, but it's, it's called self-disclosure, which is about ways in which you can put your feelings into words Mm -hmm. and talk to them about, tell other people about it without guilt and without bribing them to feel a certain way so that they can then feel sorry for you. It's more so about disclosure of information so that you can better off. So essentially it's, this is how I feel. And I just need you to acknowledge that but not feel sorry for me. And I'm not trying to guilt you into anything. It's, 
and it's about ways in which you say that so instead of being me being like alex you made me feel really annoyed mm-hmm. it's i'm annoyed mm. do you know what i mean so there is that flip in my emotions are my responsibility yeah so you, you might have done something but these emotions are all mine i think that's quite cool okay. um yeah that's what i'm reading and i think everyone should read it even if you're not a woman you should still read the book oh it's that shade wow yeah what are you reading I'm reading The Source of Self-Regard by Toni Morrison. Okay. Her, late, her latest, right? The latest. Yeah. yeah, just like, you know, she's just such a great writer. Mm. So like independent of the content, it's just yeah. like the sentences are beautiful. You're like, yeah. that yep. was good. Didn't yeah. know people could do that. Yeah. Uh, so so that's been good. I'm early in it because I travel so much and it is just such a big, like it's yeah. physically a big book. I'm like, yeah. I can't put this in my book bag right now. Yeah. But, but yeah, Toni. We have a bit of a beef with uh, Toni Morrison. <clears throat> mainly because... I don't know, what this we is... I'm okay. Okay. Is it? Yeah, it is Tony. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. yeah. Um, beautiful writing. But I've is the, this book, do you have to get up to a certain point to get fully in, into it? Because I've, I've it's always essay. found... It's a collection. Yeah. So it's oh, not, oh, it's it's not, not it's yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I might go get because it. Because I've always found when I've read Tony, whew, it's tough. Yeah. Oh, it's work. Oh, it's, it's definitely it's not. Work. She, like, makes, she makes you work. I read, I read uh, Paradise. Yeah. I'm and it was like... I was proud of my... At the end, I was like, <laughs> I deserve something. Because this almost beat me yeah. to high heavens. Hard. Wait, who's the main character in Paradise? I don't even remember. But it was, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I, I, I remember when I read it and being like, whoo, I survived, baby. <laughs> that was hard. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That, that's what I've always found. So when I go into a Toni Morrison book, it's like this big thing. It's like, ooh. Mm. I'm gonna go through it. Yeah. It's like watching an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, does it hit Shonda you? just slaps you up. Slaps you up. <laughs> that's yeah. 25. That needs to end. It doesn't no, need to end soon. Okay, fine. It is, it's gonna end soon. Yeah, because they, yeah. they wanted to beat ER, I would imagine. What? They, they wanted to they, beat, because ER, ER, ER was oh, a long ER. running, yeah. yeah they, Sorry. They ER. ER was so great. Mm. Was it? Mark Green. I never watched remember, it. You remember? I never watched it. Oh. Did they have George Clooney in it? Yeah. Was that the one? Yeah. Yeah, but with Mark, the head, um, was he the chief resident or head doctor? So he dies. Like this is like the and it, his death was like a thing. You were yeah. like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Uh, yeah, just like the West Wing. Did you watch the West Wing? I Since watched you... part of the West Wing. What do you mean part of it? You don't like the West Wing? It. Oh my god, it's a game changer. <laughs> I know it's supposed to be because I watch Shonda's videos and I, I mean I absolutely love. I that. mean I guess you also don't have like a president, so like that yeah. was probably foreign. Yeah, to you. but then I love scan loved scandal. Love scandal. So up until Gary Washington and that little lip quiver. Mm. Like, Go cry. Go ahead and cry, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> And then wine glasses. And just, wine glass and her popcorn. Ooh. Always. Just making Always. alcoholism. That was like such a, you know, that was another show that Twitter helped make, you know? Twitter, yeah. like, it was like, it was yeah. a conversational line that like mm-hmm. made it a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like Fitz's head looks like a pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> it yes, does. Fitz. It was good. It was um, good. But yeah, what are you reading, Alex? Um, I'm going through a minimalist phase right about now. Again, I really want to just clear out my, clear out my room, clear out my life. It, does that mean no books? You know it means, no, I am. No, it means I'm, I'm listening, I'm listening, no, I'm listening to, listening to a book called The Minimalist Home by Joshua Becker. Right. And he basically wants, to, you clear out all the stuff that don't have any value or meaning from each room by room by like room. Like Marie Kondo? Kind of. Kind of. But Marie Kondo, I find, I don't know, how, how, did you, did you watch the, her series on I Netflix? I watched an episode. I watched an episode. How did you feel about that? Uh, I liked it. I, uh, honestly, I only talking to the book because she was giving the book permission because it was like famous. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a hoarder, mm. but I could be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm not ready for. I like. She's not. I don't need that in my spirit right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Oh, you only, only should really have thirty books in your collection at any given time." So I don't. So 
I don't. I don't take. That. I don't take that ministry. I lift I that have in. Like 121. See, I got all of them. I, I know where they are. That's fine. The books are fine. The books are staying. It's more to do with like the clothes and all of the other papers and messes and everything. Apparently, the way she like had you fold things was also cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the print is like. The folding technique was actually legit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's talking, yeah, about the, the energy that goes into it and like lying? discussing. I'm not a hoarder. I, I don't know. Actually, I, 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 don't, I don't think you are. Clean up, yeah, because you know I'm, I'm yeah, a big cleaning. Manic cleaning. Like I love to clean. So whenever I see something that's out of place, I'll just be like, "Do I need this?" Have you always loved to clean? My aunt, she made me clean. It was torture. I love laundry. I could literally do a load of laundry every single Worst day. Worst thing ever. Yeah. I, like, I, like, I, I like. I like. I like laundry. I, love it. I can Washing. finish all my clothes and just sit there and be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to wear. Okay. Um, no. Oh, my God. Laundry? Mm. It's, it's a pointless task, don't you think? Oh, no. It's like, just like putting clearing, it in. Clearing them bed sheets, washing the bed sheets, putting them back on, fresh bed sheets. Oh, fresh bed sheets are nice, but it's just the process of just putting it all in and taking it out. And it's not even when we're living in a hot country where, you know, you can go outside and just like hang it up hang and, it up and in the afternoon it's done. You're not country over no, here. No, no, no. Honestly, no, you have to real. put it on radiators or like those ha- in, Or a tumble hangers. dryer. Oh, you rich. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She said radiators, you are air drying, you blowing on it at night. That's what you just gave us. You got your blow dryer out there. It's so weird because I... I've moved out and I actually have a tumble dryer. That, but I, just I don't, I don't use what... it because I'm like, this is some luxury that I should not be using. And my friends are like, Ray, just, oh, Ray, just use the damn dryer. And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like I should. You don't know how to use it. Of course I know how to use it. I just want you to know that you are worthy of a tumble dryer. Exactly. Tell her, please. Even a dishwasher. I have a dishwasher, but I have never used it. I just look at it. I looked at it the other day. I was like, you have a dishwasher here. I have a dishwasher. And your plate, the sink's full. Like, what is going on? Shut up, it was not full. It was full. Do not what's going on with your okay? I don't know what's going on here. Look at this. Oh, it's fine. It's, it's fine. cute. It's, Sorry, it's, 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 it's uh, personality. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe you should have ironed it. I d- <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Ray, first of all. Oh, uh, yes. Maybe you should have ironed it. All right. So there, that's what I'm reading. Um, Fantastic. Shady boots. Yeah. Shady boots. Ah, she's so shady. All right, so. What's up? Ma- oh, do we have anyone that you want to shout out, Alex? Oh, this week. I just want to give a shout out to Beyonce. I know I said Obviously. that last week, but I just feel like Obviously. that should be it. Oh, we're coming off the back of like Game of, Game of Thrones, I guess. So. Oh, I want to shout out Arya. I want to shout out Wait, Arya. Wait, you watched it? I did. All right. Watch it. Yeah. Shout out Arya. But are we gonna go? Are we gonna go in? In? I don't know. No spoilers. I will just say but, I think but, that I shout think out Arya. I think what's gonna happen is that Arya is gonna convince them, <laughs> convince or force. I don't know because you know how Arya be sometimes. <laughs> uh, people that like no throne. We don't need a throne. I think a there's Democratic not. Democratic Republic of Westeros? <laughs> or I think there's going to be seven kings. For each house? Or bring like, it back to how yeah, it was. There's going to be like, not, there's not going to be one Iron Throne. There's going to be like a council of the kings mm, who like, like I think the Arya is going to be like, y'all, this is like this fight for the Iron Throne is what's killing everybody. Yeah. And like, it's too much. I, and that's my girl. I think yeah, Sansa is going to help her, but I think Arya is going to be the one that's yeah, like. Yeah, that makes sense. I think Sansa will be Lady Winterfell. Yeah. Lady of Winterfell. She's, she, she's the only been. one that's got the right. She's also running shit. <laughs> yeah, she's the only one that's got the right to it at the minute. All of these people really. are fighting over the throne, and she's like, make sure you've closed the East Gate so these heifers can come in. And, we're, and <laughs> the food. She's right? like, y'all, we ain't got no food. Also, <laughs> Daenerys, the girl couldn't. Did you, see, did you see the way she looked? She, did you see the meme? She was like, like, this is the most ghetto shit I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like, I gotta hold something? What's this? I was like, riding oh, Drogon. girl, that dragon. When that dragon was gone, she was... <laughs> I was like, you're useless. What are you doing? No, my issue is, I was talking about this this morning, right? A lot of people think that to be powerful is to be violent. And maybe, like, violence is the thing that makes you powerful in that world. But I'm like, look at Tyrion, who I think is one of the most 
the smartest and the most ingenious of characters. Man was in the crypts just like everybody else. Yeah. You know, and and he re- and I think I loved what da- Daenerys said in the second episode when they were just strategizing. Poor strategy, by the way. Um, <laughs> but they had no time. Oh, like, yeah. what, like... And she was like, you know what? I need you to. I need your mind. You're here because of your mind. Yeah. And you're not gonna be able to survive if like you really... need your mind. Essentially, I'm she just almost like... didn't survive. She ended up reaching out of people. Girls <laughs> almost she, out. She landed Drogon on you know some next week. And he she had, landed Drogon. He had to on, deal like, with it himself, you know. Right. <laughs> like... Man was shaking off the dead people. Like, <laughs> like, like Drogon, you go. You, you good. You got this. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I really wanted Sam Sam Watali to die. Oh, that's unfair. Because I just feel like but he was useless. He has, you, he's been useless though from the but, inconvenience. But he, <laughs> no, he, he did help the story push along though. Because like, love it. you know, what I mean? kill the friend because he's an inconvenience. <laughs> Lord, we don't want you to did be you, the ruler. Did, did, She's did, like, did, just stay inconvenient, no, but, kill up people. No, you saw when John ran past him and he was calling John's right? name, and John was like, "I'm sorry." John was like, "I didn't sacrifice enough." I know, I, you know, I mean, I'm running through and kill this anyway. Yeah. I appreciate that the Night King was a real mother jammer. <laughs> the Night King was like, are oh, we going to do this all the way to the <laughs> end? Because sometimes the bad guy's like a little soft or like something random. You're like, this guy was like, oh, we tearing it all apart. Did you see Avengers Endgame? Of course. I haven't seen it yet. He was like the Thanos of... of oh, the, I oh mean, yeah. Because Thanos too was like, are we going to... Oh, yeah. Hard, yeah. and the Night King was like, you know what? I'm gonna kill as many people as humanly possible, and then bring like, them back to life, right? And then bring them, <laughs> so they can kill the rest of y'all. Exactly. Like, okay. That no. was the part where I got so much dread because when John was walking to him, and he was like, "Oh, you think? Okay, let me raise up everybody. Mm-hmm. We have little Lyanna Mormon there. Just come back right now." <laughs> oh no, she nah, She was a soldier. She need to shout out to oh, her as well. Yeah, she was. She uh, came to fight the giant. I'm like, nah. You and your little self. She was cute. I like her. Or whatever. She yeah, said, we're going to go out. We're going to go out like this. <laughs> together. <I'm> not, <laughs> together. Oh, but yeah. Shout out to Arya Stark. Thank you so much for saving the Seven Kings. Saving Westeros. What like, do you say to, to the, the God of Death? Not, not today. today. Not today. Not today. Not today. Not today. Oh, my goodness. Let's get stuck into your book. Okay. So tell us a bit about The Other Side of Freedom. The Other Side of Freedom. Tell us about it. Yeah, so I wanted to write a book that was about uh, not only the experiences of the past five years and the protests and the work around justice, but mm-hmm. also a set of ideas and lessons that I've learned since then that mm-hmm. I wanted to pass on to, to other people. So some it's about the protests, some it's about me. I write about being gay, I write about my mother leaving mm-hmm. and coming back, yeah. and a host of other things that I wanted to share with people finally. How has the climate of American, I want to say black politics, mm-hmm. But general politics, do you think shift has shifted in the past five years? Because I th- over here, what I got was that there was a time of hope, even though, like, I remember what like being up watching Obama. Yeah. I was going to say being knighted. <laughs> <Lol>. um, <laughs> Inaugurated. Just, exactly. And yes, it, we can. We felt that on this side, right? And then in a very sinister way, the politics started changing even whilst he was in office, I felt, almost from this center-left agenda to this far-right agenda that capitalized on people's fears. Mm -hmm. Um, And we got it on our side with like, not not political Brexit, but the reasons why a lot of people were voting for Brexit because of dumb shit like immigration, Mm -hmm. for instance. And it was almost that collaboration of the different 
sides of the Atlantic whereby Im- the imaginations of the people are really changing. How was that like in America being on the ground as a, as a black man, essentially? Yeah, I think that one of the things that we see time and time again is that people confuse a change in conversation with a change in outcomes. Mm. And when Obama got elected, it was a change in conversation about blackness. Mm. It was like the hope train was going full steam. Yeah. It was like this idea of representation that like we we legitimately did start talking about the world in a different way. And like mm. some of the outcomes, you know, like healthcare, we would not have healthcare if not for Obama, right? Mm. Like that was like a huge change mm. that they got in in the first two years of the administration. That was a big deal. But in so many ways, the outcomes like didn't change in the way people thought they were going to change. It just didn't mm-hmm. happen. It's certainly, yeah. with regard to the police and, and criminal justice, yeah. and they did some good programmatic things. Most of those things, Trump has like taken back, which is not very helpful. Yeah, I think if anything, what we've seen over the past uh, since the protests is certainly uh, more people being active and more people being like, this is just not what we want. Like, this mm-hmm. doesn't work. And like, we want to fight and do something different. And also like more people realizing that they also have to be a part of the system, that that the work has to be being as organized on the inside as the outside. It can't just be on the outside, right? So yeah. you see like this new Congress, like all these young people in Congress now is huge, right? But it was a recognition. There's all these people who like thought that, the, you know, you, you hear Lauren, on, on, Lauren Underwood, a young black woman in Congress. Yeah. When you hear her talk about why she ran, she was like, well, I went to go talk to my congressperson. Mm. He wouldn't reply. Mm. Like he wouldn't get back to me. And I realized like, that's not okay. Yeah. And then she, it's like all these people who like, we actually, they tried to work within the thing as it was designed. And it was like, this don't work, right? Yeah. And they were like, I'm gonna do it. You're like, go do that. So, <laughs> uh, so that has really been promising. But it is this question of like, <clears throat> how do we stay focused on the outcomes? The yeah. prison population is decreasing, it looks like. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police kill as many people, if not more, than they did in 2014. Not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Public education is still a nightmare, right? So how do we not let people get seduced by like the new rhetoric mm-hmm. and actually focus <laughs> on the, the outcomes? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What was the writing journey like? What was the process to try and get in the stories down? And then obviously the publishing process, because we talk a lot about, you know, getting like black people writing, black people publishing, especially in the UK. But from your perspective, what was that whole journey like? Like getting all your thoughts, getting your experiences down and then going through the publishing process? Yeah, writing the book was hard uh, mm. because I like, had never written a book before. So if I, if I would give people advice, you know, I didn't know that most editors look at the whole book at once, like they don't look at pieces, you know? So I'm like, you know, as as somebody who went to college, I'm like, well, I just send in the essay, give me feedback, and they're like, that's not how it works. I'm like, oh, I'm not used to that. So that was really hard. Um, The tour was really grueling. You know, I I, I probably did like 24, 25 cities in 30 days, and it was just like a lot. Uh, So that was special. and, you know, one of the hardest things about the book was all the stories I couldn't tell, right? That, like, we were in the street for 400 days. It was a long 400 days. I've been to almost all the cities in protest. So there are a lot of stories that just, like, didn't make the book. Mm. And it, in some ways, it'll always feel incomplete in the sense that, like, I just couldn't write every single thing that happened, you know? So, uh, like, I remember being in McKinney, Texas, where the young woman got beat up at the pool or, like, the protest with Sandra Bland, I can't, like, <clears throat> I was in so many places, you know? Like, not all of those stories made sense to write down, or there wasn't, like, a larger story to tell. It just mm-hmm. was, like, an experience that I'll mm-hmm. never forget that was important. Uh, so always trying to be true to that. The third thing is that I wanted the book also to give recognition to some of the other people who were in the street and played an important role, and I try to do that as well. How do you, like, because I understand that you've been involved in just social activism for a while, for the time that, I mean, I, 
So there are times I can do it physically. Most of the time I'm just ranting on Twitter. But <laughs> sometimes it gets really tiring and it just really affects like your mental health to the point where you want to make a difference, but it's two steps forward, one step back. You just, you're never really moving at a pace that you wish you could. If you have had that moment, how have you kind of gotten over it and what advice would you give other sort of people who are really interested in doing that social work and changing their communities and changing the politics in in their where where they live but then also have that oh for fuck's sake this is just not going as quickly as i want it to mm. i'm a bit tired it's just giving me so much anxiety how how have you ever count, counteracted that yeah i think i'm mindful that almost all organizing that you've ever heard of starts off small you know it mm. starts out in like living rooms and dining rooms and in porches and in classrooms like yeah. that's where it starts and I think people they will hear me on this podcast or they see me with a million followers on Twitter and they're like this is how and you're like mm, it started I made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in somebody's living room in St. Louis <laughs> I was yeah. like, the first thing I did you know like, that's like how it starts Yeah. so I'm reminded of that I'm also reminded too that like more sometimes is just more not better right mm. people think that you need a million people to do this or like 200 that and like you know, the stuff that we did with, like, five or six people was stuff mm. that changed the game, you know? Like, you mm. actually just, you need a core group of people who, like, believe. and Because most people don't want to be the first person to join. They want to be, like, the third or fourth follower. <laughs> you know, they want to be, like, the, after somebody's worked out the kink, then they want to join. Uh, yeah. But getting those people who, like, build the thing at the beginning is actually really special. And you don't yeah. need a million people to do that. You actually just need, like, a tight group. So yeah. that keeps me hopeful. The third is that I really do think we can win. Like, I do. Yeah. And because I think we can win, it keeps me, like... Yeah. It keeps me in the game when I'm like, what are we doing? I'm like, I don't know. This is what I'm like. You're the Captain America of everything. Yeah. I'm like, this is like. I'm like the Tony Stark. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony came back for the fight. Without he Tony, did. we, we wouldn't have had it. Yeah. So, like, I, I, the skepticism is healthy, right? The yeah. doubt is, is like a, an important part of the hero's journey, as we know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I really do. I think that we can look back. We're going to look back when we're like 15, 16 and be like, wow, that was really hard. And mm -hmm. we almost died. And we did. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think about it, especially at home, it's like you think about the, what the Republicans are doing now. The Republicans literally did the single biggest change to the tax code in like a couple weeks, wrote it on scrap paper. People didn't read it. And they did it, you know, mm -hmm. the single biggest rewrite in the history of the tax code in like days. So don't tell me we gotta wait ten generations to finish anything. You know? Yeah, like you actually are. Now. You've done a mo You have pro provided a model for it. If anything, yeah. we're like a little too cautious. And I do think that one of the things that we do uh, to our disadvantage is that sometimes we fight for what we think we can get, not what we think we deserve. You mm -hmm. know, and we gotta start fighting for what we think we deserve. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, I wanted to just ask about like the importance of protest. So. You know, all of this stuff that we're doing, you know, getting sitting down, starting all these conversations, having the organization to basically try to then move into the street to then protest. How important is protest to you? Um, what does that look like? And why should everybody do it? Why should we do it? Because not everybody wants to get out there on the front line and start and, you know, wave the picket and everybody wants to do that. Yeah, I don't know if everybody has to do it in that way. I think that protest at its root feel, is this idea. Mm, like, and I, say, I feel like a lot of people, they like, you know, if you're not out there protesting, because I've got a few people who literally have the placards, have the, like have the, wave the banners and stuff. I have a few people that like to do that. And when you're not when you're not out there complaining or shouting or shouting from the rooftops, it's kind of looked at as, why aren't you out there sort of thing. Yeah, I just don't, I, I don't know if that's like a healthy way to be in this mm. space. I think that like protest at its root is this idea of telling the truth in public. That what we were doing with our bodies was telling the truth. We were mm. like, he should be alive today. He, Mike Brown should be standing alongside all of us in the middle of the street. Uh, 
And I'm also mindful that by the time people have taken to the street, it's because they tried everything else, right? Mm-hmm. We tried to email, didn't work. You didn't listen. We called. <laughs> tried we, didn't email. Email. <laughs> we tried to email. Right? We, we wrote like, the petition. We wrote our right. signatures we down. We wrote the petition. Y'all didn't. We shut it down. All of a sudden, everybody's like, what's going on? Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. we try all the other things, right? Yeah. So if you don't like the protest, then fix it on the front end so yeah. we won't have to be out there, yeah. you know? It's similar to um, what's happened with Extinction, Extinction Rebellion. Basically, oh, there was this yeah. environmental um, protest that happened in the past two weeks in April. And um, they literally went to Oxford Circus and shut it down. They went to, they camped in various P- Piccadilly Circus, and shut it down. Well. They're trying to head, they're trying to head to Heathrow to shut it down. But all they wanted was to speak to the environmental secretary, and he just hasn't, he just didn't respond. Yeah. So it's just like, well, See? everyone's, everybody's ringing up on the radio. They're like, ah. Oh, I've lost work today and all this stuff and they're like well it's greater than your work because if if the earth dies you're not going to be able to have a job it's so weird you say that because I remember having to go to a recording I don't know if it was a oh, recording yeah. or something. No, we, we were meeting. And we are meeting up and then there were Patrick. It was St. Patrick's Day. And was in the even? moment, I was angry. I was <laughs> like, like, what are they doing? I got somewhere to go. Right. I was like, I have somewhere to go. Look at these idiots. Da, 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 da. And then I just sat down. I was like, Rafa, shut up. <laughs> like, you know it's you know it's good. Yeah. You know, essentially, at the end of it, mm-hmm. David Atom, uh, David Attenborough? Yeah, David Attenborough. Literally, like, he'd been telling us that we have, like, 12 years left. You but know. he's eight, man. He's okay. He's so far at the end of his life. Right. And what they need is for you to be so annoyed that you call the environmental secretary, like, meet with those people. Yeah. <laughs> meet with them so they get out the They're street. They're ruining my right. day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what they need. You yeah. need to call them and be like, I don't even know these people, <laughs> but please meet with them, you know? Please. And that's real. Is that like, yeah. you yeah. know, you think about if, like, we would have never been in the street if they didn't kill Mike Brown. Yeah. Like, don't kill people and we won't have to be out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you did it right in the first place, mm-hmm. I'd be home. So I remember, I think. Currently, I don't know if it's being covered as much in terms of just black men being killed, but there was a space, I think, a good 18 months from like mid-2017 to like 2018, when that was all I was seeing on the Everything. TL. Oh, yeah. Really? And death, death, to, death, death. To the point where I would say something every day, and then I just, I my heart people. just got like hardened. I was like, oh my God. And I just can't imagine. Mm. Like, we're, like, on this side. I mean, obviously, it happens to us There's things well. that happen here, yeah. It happens here. doesn't get as much coverage, which is a massive issue. Mm. But at the same time, I'm just like, whoo! Yeah. The thing is... Dealing um, with that? Did you know much about the Mark Duggan shooting? I yeah. heard about it. Yeah, so when that happened in 2011, I think that's the first time that I'd seen everybody, in, my gener- in our generation anyway, yeah. take to the streets mm-hmm. like that. Like it was riots happened, like national riots happened. And um, a whole generation of oppressed people started speaking up and started shouting and it happened. But the thing about the UK is that it tends to um, depress quite quickly. So like you've got, yeah, they put it under the rug. So every so often we have the extension rebellions and it's like, yeah, we're all here standing in the thing. Then it's done. We had the Black Lives Matter protests and they were lying. um, Is it on the, is it Gatwick or Heathrow? But they were basically protesting the exact same thing here. And we did it in Brixton as well. And then it just goes silent for a while. It's like there's no continuous thing. And I feel like in the States, it's just, like there's a continuous dialogue consistently and I don't know probably how to... because the trauma is consistent you know it's like yeah. the poli- yeah. a third of all the people killed by a stranger in the United States is killed by a police officer so it happens like all the time you know and it happens frequently enough that people are like this is crazy mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people who really did think that there was a problem in Ferguson they they like did not think there was a problem in the country they were mm-hmm. like oh this is isolated to the Midwest and it's like nope they killed that boy outside of your house they mm-hmm. killed that guy the, like it happened so much that people are like wow yeah. this is like, really crazy you know what is like the aim and purpose of I guess 
you putting your life's work so far and what you've been up to in the past five years in this book and what do you think you'd want somebody coming out of it thinking or feeling? Yeah, there are a lot of things, you know, I think about all the things I wish I had read when we were in the street. Mm. And I think about, you know, in America, most of the organizing texts, like texts around organizing, which isn't necessarily what this is, but I wanted to put some lessons in the book that would have helped organizers. Like most. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Those things are written by the white people who are around the black organizers, like not actually written by the, the black organizers. So you get the King. King King's work is like very theoretical, right? It's like a, sort of about the philosophy of the work and stuff like that. Yeah. You get the Rustins, like the Cleavers, like those sort of people. Is that I think about like what are the essays I wish I'd read? You know, I wish I'd read uh, like an activist write about being gay. You know, mm-hmm. I wish I'd read somebody be honest about like how their family issues like play out in the work they do. Like I wish I just read those things. So I wanted to do that in the book. Yeah. And I also wanted to have something that like I wanted to put. I feel like I'm in so many rooms. There's so many ideas. There's so many things that like. I was starting to worry that I would not remember them or like I would there just be I'd like lose them, you know, so I wanted to put them somewhere so yeah. they existed so that I could share them with other people. Yeah. And how has it been I mean, I guess you're in the public eye. How does that affect your activism? Uh Interesting question. I, you know, some people, they I meet them and they think I'm smart on the internet. So they like, they're like, oh my God, he's smart. And you're like, that was rude. Um, <laughs> there's some people who, for whom I can never be, like I just will never be whatever they think radical is. Like it'll mm. just never be enough, right? Because yeah. it's like, I don't look like what they think a protester looks like or mm. I don't sound like what they think a protester or like the best or like whatever. So like that sort of becomes a thing. Um and the third part, which is like the most hopeful part, is that there are so many people who I meet who are like ready to do work. They're like, let me know. You know? Mm-hmm. They're like, let me know what I can do. Like, let yeah. me figure it out. 
Uh, and the visibility like helps do that. It also helps me tell the truth in the most public platforms, mm-hmm. right? So I can be on these things and talk about the police and like sort of push and push or talk about mass incarceration and push. Uh, or I can like help amplify other people's voices. So like mm-hmm. you might have a thousand followers, but you said something that was brilliant. I'm mm-hmm. like, that was dope. So I can like put that in the timeline in a way that will just make it travel in a way that you probably couldn't do alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like that is cool to be able to like help those things move. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. What is it like being challenged about the identity of the activist and what that looks like? Because people will be like, oh, you can't be an activist and be an influencer. And you can't be an activist and be an influencer. You can't be on the forefront of a movement and still still want to (laughs) sell or still want to be able to influence particular products or, you know, liaising liaising particular people. And obviously people are always saying things like, you know, there's uh, in the comparison to activists or people that were in the front of like large black movements back in the 60s or 70s in comparison to now, obviously we've got social media, it's different, but have you ever had like a lot of kind of, um, not attacks, but challenges about your activism and about the stuff that you do? Ton of challenges, ton of attacks, ton of critiques. Okay. I think that with that sort of stuff, um, you know, it's interesting. I think that one of the hardest things is that you become a canvas for everybody's frustration. So mm-hmm. it's like I don't, I didn't do that, but I. So like I am, I'm friends with Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, oh, and okay. I'm not. Uh, you know, I can't like explain. I don't work at Twitter, you know, like, I don't know why you, you know, like, I don't. Yeah. So I, I saw somebody sent me this thing the other day that, like, somebody being, I think they thought this was sort of some interesting dig. They put a picture of Jack and then a picture of me. We both have one. That, that's a Twitter shirt that the black employees at Twitter okay. made up. And he, we both are wearing it, like, in different moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put, I think I saw like, it. The thing was, like, relationship goals or something. And you're like... I didn't, like I don't I'm not responsible for Jack Dorsey. Do you know what I mean? He's like a he's like a whole adult. Yeah. And like for you insinuating that we have like some sexual relationship is annoying. Right? Yeah. And like like I don't even know how like why am I responsible for Jack? You, yeah. you don't know what I've said to Jack yeah. offline. Like just cuz I'm not fighting Jack on Twitter right, doesn't mean yeah. that like we agree about everything. Yeah. But like I do know. I mean, it's like that becomes this sort of weird yeah. thing where people are like I'm going to tell you like I okay. can't have that right now. With what? A friend of mine is moving mad and I'm just like outside of it I'm like can you just talk chatting shit yeah. online? Yeah. And then other people come like, he's like, oh, right. I'm like, yeah, I hate, when, oh I hate my it when that God. happens. Like, like, you don't know like, what I'm like, saying like, to him. Like, I'm yeah. cussing him out. Like, tell, but I'm not going to go online yeah. and be like, you piece of shit. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know like, what I mean? Tell your friend. Like, you know, you, you know, like, I'm not their cute. They are a grown <laughs> adult. Or people you know, DM you screenshots or DM you the tweet. Oh, my God. It's just like, yo, you think I agree? Because. Because oh. you can have disagreements with your friends, like it's not a thing. Yeah, and like I don't, I also don't take money to tweet. Um, so that becomes. Oh, you don't so take like, money to tweet. Okay. Yeah. So people will, and like normally, like places will reach out, being like, "Dre, will you like support this product?" And it's like, well, if I like it, I'll tweet about it anyway, right? I don't need to get paid to tweet about it. Yeah. I think that that's like a cool T-shirt that I'll tell people. To go, like, I don't need to get money. So that, but people, like, I tweeted about um, the first thing that ever went viral in a bad way is that I was, I said something about Dove soap because like we grew up using Dove because I like we just I don't know what we use. And somebody was like, "You can't believe in black people because you use white soap." And it was like a thing. And I was dead. like, "I hate you, people." <laughs> and then, so like, my best friend soap soap is um, my best friend is this guy named Donnie who lives in Chicago. And one day we were having this random conversation. He was like, "It was so random," but he was like, "I really think that Taco Bell's like visuals are great." He was like, "I don't know. I don't." He was like, "I don't really love their food," but like, I go to Taco Bell, and he's like. 
it just looks like whoever put this together like did it. So I tweeted like my something my friend said like the talk about it, and people literally were like he got paid. Like they thought that it was like that that was like a sponsored tweet. Ad yeah, about, you're like no, he really was just talking about talking about you know like yeah. or like Verizon. I have a, um so I have three phones because one of my phones got hacked. So I always travel with more than one phone, and the hacking was a whole thing and blah blah. It's insane. Oh, so Why I, is anyone hacking you? I know it was like it was really frustrating. But I travel with more than one phone, so but I use Verizon now has like these unlimited plans, but they used to not. Yeah. So my my phone bill would be like a crazy, you know, because I have three lines. Yeah. It was like really crazy. So I like woke up and Verizon had rolled out like unlimited, like a flat. I like knew what the bill was going to be every month. Yeah. So I tweeted like, I'm so pumped for these unlimited lines. And people literally, people called Verizon's PR team. What? To like, to like uncover Deray the like that I was lying. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh that's or Spotify. You know, Spotify has Discover Weekly. Have you ever used Discover yeah. Weekly? Love Discover Weekly. Yeah. And I used to listen to it every Monday. And every single Monday, I would tweet, like, Love Discover Weekly. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Like, and it got so bad that so many people called the press team at Spotify that I know the press people there. Because, yeah. like, one day I got a call being like, Hey, do I just want to give you a heads up? <laughs> and it's like, No, I don't. Like, I really just like Spotify. And, like, it is this weird thing where I think people um, in the public space sort of feel like they can't be, like, I can believe in the end of capitalism mm -hmm. and acknowledge that I'm a consumer, right? Like, yeah. I don't know how, like, we are all consumers, right? Yeah. So, like, Unless I can... you want to live by yourself in, in, in the forest, and even then, you'll probably need to pay rent for that <laughs> or like of you land need, in Or, the like, forest. the tools that you had, you probably didn't make, right? Right. Like, so I'm honest about the fact that, like, sometimes yeah. I just want chicken nuggets. Like, yeah. that is real, which does not mean that I, like, believe that McDonald's is a great corporation, yeah. but it does mean I'm hungry, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and, like, people get in this weird space where they're just not honest, right? Mm -hmm. So they want you to be this, like, they're like, did you? Do it's like, no, I ate at Chipotle today because it was the only thing in the place I was in. You know, like that's real. And I could pretend that I like am eating farm raised yeah. chickens. Every yeah, I'm not. You and neither are you. Well, lucky I had to get free range eggs. They're a bit more expensive, but I thought I was allergic. So I basically I have an intolerance, but I didn't know this because I'm so you stupid. You are ridiculous. And I was like, you know what? It's the eggs. It's because they're enslaving these damn chickens. Yes. And they taste bad. Oh. And therefore, my body cannot tolerate enslaved yes. eggs. And <laughs> okay. my friend was like, first of all, you're stupid. I was like, so let me in, <laughs> give my waitrose and get free range eggs. So the chickens have freedom and they they have like a life. Maybe they're happier. Maybe oh they can lay God. better eggs. And I ate them. And I'm still a bit intolerant, so yeah. Apparently, my body just doesn't like eggs. Yes, and free not rage just, eggs. Not just enslaved. Eggs. Just, my body will not like consume enslaved meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. One last thing. Okay. What's been the most defining moment of your career? Of my career. As career so far. Or like yeah. in education. However, you want to answer the question. Defining I moment. Think, in this I think life. that the so far, I mean, the protests were really big yeah. in the sense that. One of the things that was so beautiful about the beginning is that we really didn't know the world was watching. Like, we just had no clue. So people talk about my followers and stuff like that. But it's like, I had the same influence in the street from like 5,000 to 500,000. It just didn't, in St. Louis, it just didn't matter, right? So it wasn't until I left that I realized that the world was watching all of us, but the tunnel vision was actually really beautiful. Like the sense of community, it doesn't exist anymore, but the sense of community we had in protest was like magical. So I wouldn't believe it if I didn't see it. Like there was no like nightly meeting or like hierarchy, did it, but we like figured out how to all be in the space together. And it was actually really, mm. really beautiful. And I think that being a part of that and seeing that just like changed a lot for me yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I now like know it's possible. You know, I know that like, 
we can start movements without one, two, or three single leaders, without institutions like churches and school. Like we, like the people actually are enough. Yeah. And I think I would not. I think the history didn't tell me that. History told me that everything came out of structures, right? Mm-hmm. And then I saw people stay on the street and just stay on the street. And like, you know, in the beginning, it was like people would self-organize, like the police would be awful and like they would not stop track. Like the protesters would block off the streets and the police would let cars still come through. And the protesters like organized these like traffic stop things. It was just like mm. incredible to see people self-organize like without having gone to organizer training, without like this being their job, without like people actually had the skills to yeah. do it. And like seeing that was just like, it changed everything. What's, okay. What do we have in store for you in the future? What can we expect? Girl, I'm just trying to, two? We're trying to win. Hopefully, <laughs> I want to do something that's a little more, um, it's a little less essay-ish mm-hmm. and a little more like take it and use it, you know? Okay. Oh, like a manual. Yeah, something that you can like, like, like that. that you don't necessarily need to be a reader to mm-hmm. like take, go, move, yeah. use, you know? Because yeah. I think about, honestly, when we were in the street, it's like I just didn't have time to read anything long. It's like if it wasn't an article... I was, because we were like so swamped, you know, so a book would have killed me. But like (laughs) something tight, like that you, like I want to do something a little less essay-ish. Would you ever see yourself like within political structures, within parties? Because I know that you previously ran for mayor. mayor, Is that something that? Yeah, I think that we, I do think we have to be as organized on the inside as the outside, right? That we can't just be fighting the people in positions of power. We have to be those people sometimes. So I believe that, yeah. So I would do that. I was most recently the chief human capital in the school system in Baltimore, and that was it was important to have somebody in that role who just like already believed, right? Like you didn't yeah. have to fight me about justice or equity because like all right, I, had, get I had the power mm-hmm. and I could do it. So those things are important. So yeah, I definitely work on the inside. Mm-hmm. I believe that I can have a I have a different reach now on the outside, right? I can like push in all these different places mm-hmm. and not just yeah. find one place. Um, but yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. Cool. Guys, make sure you get on the other side of freedom. On the other side of freedom. So, mostly flicks. What are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about homecoming? Are we going to talk about homecoming? But first of all, <laughs> I wanted to, first of all, like, what are you guys watching at the minute? Yeah. But, um, yeah, what are you watching at the moment? Is there anything that you're watching? Do you have time? Series. Do you have time to watch stuff? On planes. On planes. I'm about to watch Brene Brown's Netflix special. I am too. Um, I had her on the podcast twice and she was incredible. She, she She's amazing. Mm. I love her. What are you going to watch, Alex? Or what are you watching? That, I'm going to watch that. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, she triggered me. She, As I, you preemptively cry. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she triggers me all the time. Um, what am I watching at the moment? Uh, was I watching this thing? There's an actress called Miriam Mariam Margulies. Like she's, she was... Um, the Good Wife. Wasn't she on The no, Good no, Wife? No, 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 not her. Oh, no, that's Julia. That, that's Julia Margulies. Margot, yes, okay. yeah. yeah. No, you you watch Harry Potter, right? Yes. You know, um, Professor Sprout. Oh, Professor Sprout. No, I remember her. You don't remember her? No, I mean, I know the Sprout. character. I don't know what she looks like. Yeah, yeah. The small woman. The small woman with the mandrake thing. Yeah. She was like curly hair in the film. No, okay. head of Hufflepuff. Okay. okay. Well, she had her. Yeah, yeah, head of Hufflepuff. Anyway, so oh, she, she basically got this. I was watching this thing on um, BBC yesterday. It's about you know she's she's seventy seven. She's trying to figure out death. And like, I talk to people about, you know, trying to relinquish your fears of death and different things. She goes to America and people are trying to say that death is a, uh, is avoidable. You can, like, they're trying to, there's this 80 year old, yeah, like, you know, there's this woman, like, <laughs> escapism. <laughs> yeah. She was like, this is American woman. And she was basically doing this whole talk. She's in her eighties and she looks really good for her age, but she's just like, you know, like who wants death? No one wants death. Like, like you shouldn't have to have it. Like death is not a nice thing and all these different things. How and do then, you know? And she, 
know. Like, she, she, she's, out, she's out there in the gym like, looking good and stuff. So that's what I'm watching. I'm watching um, Dead Good. It's called a Dead Good Journey or something like that. And how she battles with death. Oh, I don't Netflix? know. Uh, BBC. It's on the BBC oh, iPlayer. But um, I it might be. Watching. Yeah. I haven't been watching anything. No. No, I just rewatching Homecoming. Okay. Relistening. Relistening to Homecoming. It's worth it. Yeah. yeah. It's long though. That's because this 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 heifer, yeah. Is talking I'm and so giving so people information. It. She all she did was was like, all right, so I'm gonna do a voiceover for like 20 minutes. I'm gonna give you original content for like 23 minutes, and then I'll just put the whole show down. Like we didn't. I'm the baddest. <laughs> honestly, like we didn't, you know, torrent that somewhere. Yep. Get it the first day. Downloaded on our laptops, and we've been watching it for a whole year. Just to yeah. give us the HD version. Yeah, Her, I appreciate that, that's, that's you. the editing, though. It was fantastic. Ooh. Amazing. It was literally Ooh. out of this world. You're like yellow, pink. Yellow, the first pink. time when they did that flip, the flip that I saw was, you know, the um, the costume when, the, when she walks on. No, 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 not even that part. But drop it, and then the girls turn around, and the S is up there, and I was like, whoa. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty special. Literally for two seconds, I was like, "Wow, they have two toned suits on." Mm-hmm. I was like, "The front is one color, and the back is." One. And then I was like, "Nope, it's the editing." Because you didn't, they didn't film the, they didn't film the second day, did they? No. Yeah, yeah. Like, How yeah. Was they it? did, they did. I mean, like, so people could, so people yeah, could watch it, like stream it. Like, people could, yeah, 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 stream it. How sorry. was it like being there? You said you were there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was good. It was so. Could have you been to Coachella? No. no. It's really the question is like, who would you be willing to stand in the dirt for? Because that's what Coachella is—the right. desert. It's literally this big dirt thing. Yeah. And so for her, everybody was there, even second weekend, like tons of tons of people. And I had like an artist guest thing, whatever, but still, like, I'm standing. We all of us, we had to stand stand for an hour. To just be close to the stage. I mean, mm-hmm. like, and I was close to the stage, but like, we stood and waited for an hour. Like, everybody's just standing there so you can get a good spot. And then she comes and performs. You're like, this is really oh the God. best thing. Like, you're like, you're a human, you know? Entertain. Uh... And she, like, what is incredible, the stage at Coachella is very long. It's like a huge stage. Mm-hmm. Mad, yeah, it, really it looks like, vast, yeah. It's huge. And she actually performs the entire length of the stage. And you don't appreciate that until you see somebody not do that. So I went back this year. Yeah. And most of the people just perform in the middle. They like, and which is like sort of interesting. But you're watching everything from a screen. It's like, well, I can watch the screen back there. Dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So seeing it was really special. It's mm. like you are just the baddest. Mm. You know. You can imagine the, hard the work, one thing. The babies. Yeah. The, like everything was great about it. But she the finally thing, shows my, them babies. My main thing is like, so two things. First of all, can you explain what homecoming is? Because obviously we don't necessarily have that here. We don't. In we don't. We don't. In homecoming, like they, they have the homecoming. We see it in a lot of like American, American teen films and a lot of things. You don't have that. We don't no, have Homecoming. We don't have that. So, we know about it from movies. So we know it. So we know about Homecoming in the sense of like going back home because I know that Ghana's and Nigeria they've got this big thing about the the big homegoing and Homecoming, that's Homegoing. Not I thought Homecoming was like. But that's what I'm saying. In that, and they have no, no, no. In that context. In that context, but in Amer- in the American see context. Dances, y'all. Y'all didn't see it right <laughs> <Yeah. dancing. laughs> Um, yeah, the, it's like a alpha so beta data. Is, um, <laughs> alpha beta data. I don't know what delta. Whatever those people are, huh, huh, you know, stop the yard kind of. Broke fire, broke, broke fire, broke. Lord, everybody, help her out. Um, oh yeah, so goodness. it's like it's normally around like a football game in the I fall. Think. Okay. And it's like the big, it's like the sort of big beginning of the seat. Like it's not because it's not. It's actually rarely the first game in places but it's like maybe the first real game they're like some more games the first real game mm-hmm. and it's just like a big deal so like every like all the the bands come out and okay. like the pom-poms and like the 
to a high school year homecoming and or like a pep rally homecoming is like when there's like the prom king and prom queen oh, is okay. like his homecoming. Yeah. And then it's sort of like the same thing in college just every single year. So some places like crown people at homecoming. It's yeah. like a whole wow. homecoming like, dance. Yeah, my, my cousin like, was King, I wanted to homecoming. I don't know. You got so you got some, you got some ribbon at the black schools HBCU. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's where he... homecoming is. Like they just have like the marching band and stuff, and you're like, it yeah. is. Cause black people are just so great. And and I was at Beyonce's the Adidas party that she just had, and she just posted this online. But the so we're at the party. It's like probably like 150 people. It's like a small. It's like not a ton of people. The space is big. Yeah. <laughs> But she's there, so it feels like it's, you know, must be full. And <laughs> all of a sudden you look up and you're like, who are these people outside? And you're like, that is the entire Grambling State University marching band. Like, they're all there. And, like, a whole marching band comes in and performs, like, at the party. It was, like, the most, you're like, Fantastic. only you could get an entire marching band to, like, fly across the country. And Coachella is, like, <clears throat> not in L.A. It's, like, two and a half hours, three hours, like, north of L.A. Yeah, it's like an insecure when you when you... Like, how do you sleep there? Is it like you people have... do? I stay in a hotel, like yeah. close. Okay. Um, That's what I but do. some people <laughs> like do like you can stay on the grounds. But yeah, it was like incredible to see this like marching man come and just like perform the little hearts out for Beyonce. Beyonce, you're like Beyonce. okay, okay. Yeah. It really is. I'm happy that she did those documentary parts too to like show people like her, you know, outside yeah. of like the stage. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. I think that was quite nice for a lot of women to see. Yeah, yeah, in general as well. And my favorite was when she was like, "Why would I? Why would I give new notes? I see my notes." <laughs> 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 so funny. And at the end, Jay Z was away, like, "Well, <laughs> you heard her, <laughs> no. and she's like, yeah, I'm off to sleep." Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, everyone's just like, "Happy anniversary!" I'm like, it "Yeah, it's so my anniversary." No. I'm like, "You just read these people to filth." It was so funny. And now you're like, so funny. But she hey. just, it's that little cough she made. Had a drink. Like, that's where I am now. And everyone was like. Well, if she's Wait, tired, when she was like, when she was saying, you know, everybody's tired, like, you know, but we're just going to have to keep working because, you know, but I appreciate that you're all tired. Then she had the little cough, did her sip. It's like, well, that's where I am now. So <laughs> everyone was like, well, okay. So like if she's tired, then we all can't, then we will have to, you know what I mean? Like, she was reading the artist and she was like, you know, people just don't want to rehearse. Mm. They don't want to be vulnerable yeah. and, and look silly. And I'm like, that's why. Because yeah. it humbles you. She's like, yeah. people don't want to go to rehearsal because it humbles yeah. you. You're like, go ahead and preach that it's people, girl. Like, tell them. And then she was at the part where she was showing Jay how... Um, Dress. Dress. He was like real basic. He was like, yeah. Exactly. He was like, all right, all right. I was like... <laughs> And the guy just knocked the phone off like, yeah, you don't deserve more time with Beyonce right now. <laughs> but yeah, so guys, make sure you watch yeah. Homecoming. But like, I just wanted to ask a bit about HBCUs as well. Do you? Yeah. I was like, how, like I, was, I always wondered what it would be like to have like a, a black university in the UK. Oh, yeah, because you guys don't have We just don't have that. We have what we call ACS, which is the African and Caribbean Society. And it's every university. However, they're all different. They're very different. Some are active, some are not. Some are made up of five people, some are made up of more. (laughs) I had an ACS. I quite really liked my ACS, actually. Um, I applied for VP. I didn't get it because this guy that got it basically just took off his shirt oh no sorry started asking people oh and if you need to she's not bitter everybody she's She's not bitter she's she's over it clearly I'm very over it you know I'm doing much better than him thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah and you apply and then sometimes you get into the sort of organization they have little club nights Mm. or they have debate nights or we had a big cultural show at the end called Charisma which is really nice but it's not going to a black can you imagine? Yeah, imagine I a black I, I went to, I didn't go to HBCU. Yeah. My sister did. And I'll never forget visiting her and being like, 
Girl, this is everything. Like, yeah. It's like a whole different experience. Yeah. But is it, Do are they not ranked the same as... The PWI? Yeah, they're not resourced the same. Mm. So they're like a couple uh, ones that are probably the most famous, so like Howard, yeah. uh, Spellman, Morehouse. Yeah, Spellman, like are, the, Mo- yeah. are the big ones that, that like probably the most nationally known mm. and and highest ranked. I see. Some of the some of the schools have more known programs like you know some schools graduate like more PhDs in this so mm. like more did more black PhDs in this uh, but they just are across the board under resourced. You mm. know so like the college I went to we probably we have classes of 450 people like I went to Bowdoin in Maine mm. and we have a billion dollar endowment right and like 450 even a class billion dollars is insane that's just like a ton of money yeah. for a school that has 1700 kids a year mm. right yeah. is that there is n- there's no HBCU that has a billion dollar like that even approaches yeah. that much money in the endowment right and part of it is like what happens when you historically disadvantage a set of people so they can't accrue wealth and then all of a sudden like you're like why aren't they giving it's like they actually just don't how do you give a how, how many donors do you need to give a billion dollars when, yeah. like, everybody doesn't have intergenerational wealth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to go But like, I, I want to see, like, how does it affect, like, you must think how it would affect your self-esteem, how it would affect the way that you, like, you're in, you're in competition with each other just based off the fact that you are just in school rather than you're in competition with somebody that is definitely going to have a, a leg up. But then I also just, think about how does it feel like then to move from a HBCU into the real world, that's, yeah, that's another thing. which isn't... Which you're you're literally going to be then that oh shit I'm a minority here because that's how I felt when I went from um, secondary school college to university mm. for me it's like I went to I went to um, a sixth form mm. and a, a school that white people were the minority essentially yeah. I, I think it was like six of them um, but when I went to university studying English literature I was a sore thumb yeah. You know? I was like one of four people that studied yeah. languages where I was. Yeah, and so I'm just like, in a way, I'm like, it is. It's annoying. Mm. Can't lie. Um, and you just don't feel like you can just come out of your shell. Mm. And I think maybe providing that space, if if a HBC provides that space, I think it will be glorious. But yeah. then I'm like, how then do you deal with the outside world after that? Yeah. I think people do with it well. Is that if anything, I've seen the exact opposite. Is that. Mm. They actually, uh, so many of my friends who went to HBCUs is that that network has stayed with them throughout right, life. Yeah, you know? yeah. So as they navigate this larger world in dominant culture, they actually have a place that is always feeling like home. Mm. Whereas like those of us who, you know, I went to historically, I'm a predominantly white institution, PWI. And uh, so I'm really close to like the black people that was there, were there when yeah, I was there. Yeah. Like I'm navigating a whole, it's just like a different way to yeah. be in the world, mm. you know? Whereas I see these, I, I know some guys, a lot of guys that went to Morehouse and like they still... Like they just, it's like a tight sort of group yeah. uh, that is like culturally really close and close because yeah. of this connection. You yeah, know? yeah. I think it's similar, like it's like grad schemes here, isn't it? Sometimes you go to, you, you enter into a like profession, you've been around a lot of black people or something in your ACS or whatever, and then you and then go, you're together, yeah, yes. and you're like, you know what I mean? So I'm a trainee solicitor and I studied at my university with like two, three other black girls, and we now work in the same place. We trained. To kind of go into something, it's mm. so nice when you, these people are just pissing you off. Like you can then go See, upstairs I'm, to the other office and be like, that's a, Whoo! "That's a good place to be." I I never had that. It's really great because these girls are like yeah. my best friends. Oh man, um, that's good. That is yeah. good. Alrighty, so thank you so much for joining us. Good to be this here. Week. Woo, 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 woo. Um, I was gonna say where can they find you, but 
I'm going to America. <laughs> Find me on the internet. Find him everywhere. Google. Yeah. <laughs> because he's Guys, make sure you get the book. Yeah, on the other side of freedom, it's race, and justice in a divided America. America. It's America. Be amazing. Thank you so this much. This is America. For us. Uh, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Acast. I for my Esther. Sorry. <laughs> I was saying I applied for my Esther today. That's more important than our, than our social media handles. Yeah. I, I imagine. Me and Deray are going to play it up when I go to Miami. Yeah. Like, when are you going to go to Miami? I've never been to Miami. Oh my God. <gasps> so, I mean, I haven't either. Why are you going to Miami? I've been, I've been um, to Miami. Well, Memorial. I'm apparently, there's something called Memorial Weekend. I don't even know what that was. <laughs> apparently, um, there's something called yeah, Memorial Weekend. I thought weekend. it was like just, you know. Well, why are you going? You're going for like a vacation? Her birthday. Yeah, yeah my birthday. Got it. So, going with a few friends. Um, so yeah, you would enjoy it. I, so I nice. I wonder if there's black people in, in Miami. I'm sorry. Like loads of them, because like, my friend went and they were like, "There's loads of like Hispanic people." And a load of Cubans. Yeah, and I was like, "Ooh." Ding, 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 ding. Interesting. Anyways, we everywhere. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure there's loads of black people New in York's Miami. Great. Oh. New York is amazing. I really need to go. You need to go. I'm gonna go again because I, go. I was like, "Listen, I've had, I have not had it like enough." They have like day parties, and they're just yeah. black people. And they, Americans love day parties. Love day it. parties are really much a new thing in the, in London. In London, but in like, America, <coughs> in in New York, oh my god, it's great for me because I like to go to bed at like ten thirty. So it's just like oh, yeah, it's know, brilliant. I like the fact that it seems like you can do anything at any time of the day in New York. Like literally, you can. If you wanted to go to the cinema at two thirty in the morning because you were bored, you can just go. Like I'm shopping, you're like I need. A new laptop cord. It's like four AM. You're like, bro, oh, go to the store. It's oh, great. See, we can't. We don't even have it. Like everything shut. Like, like what? Late, 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 no, shut up. Late, late is two AM. What I did realize about America is everything's just so much bigger. The pavements or sidewalks bigger. Roads are bigger. Yeah. Everything's big. Like even their transport system is big. I come in like when I came back and I was stepping into the tube. I was like, oh my goodness, mm. this. This is tiny. Yeah. That's what I was in there last night. Like, oh, this is a little tight. Yeah. yeah. The subways are like people packed in like sardines. And yeah. Those little boys. Yeah. It's, it's they smell a little worse, and the yards are a little cleaner. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's a very clean place. Yeah. Everyone says that. New York is not very clean. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. But, but the yeah. dirt becomes a part of the like, like appeal. You know, you're like, okay, <laughs> okay, rat, I saw you. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. I'm not sure if I, if I was ever to see a mouse on the on the actual train, I, I think I might. You just... won't see a mouse. You see a rat. That's what I'm saying. In, in London, there's mice I've seen on the mice tube. On, like, the I've seen I've seen them on the tracks and I've seen them on the, the platform. They see them on the train. I'm I've losing seen my shit. On the train, because Lolo's have to think they run this shit. I oh, know the pigeons actually know when to get off or when to get. <laughs> they just, just like, they literally just mind their business. They're like we need to go next They're like, stop. That, me like, too. Okay. I'm on here too. Click click. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. So at mostly lit on Twitter. Uh, mostly lit pod on Instagram. You can find me Alex Reads anywhere. You can find me ready for a feek. Um, basically. You can find Duray everywhere else. Catch you guys later. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.